The following podcast is for healthcare professionals only. All views expressed belong to our speakers and don't necessarily reflect those of Nestle Health Science. Hello and welcome to Inside Medical Nutrition Podcast, a podcast powered by Nestle Health Science and hosted by me, Dr. Linnea Patel. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Simon Williams, the Chief Executive of Anaphylaxis UK. And we're going to be speaking about how Anaphylaxis UK can support healthcare professionals and their patients. Simon, welcome to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to learning more about Anaphylaxis UK. Thank you. It's a delight to be here. To begin with, I would like you to tell us a little bit more about you. I know that your current role at the moment is a chief executive of Anaphylaxis UK. So how did you get into this role? Something I ask myself quite regularly as well. I started as chief executive just over a year, probably about 13, 14 months ago. Before that, I worked for Heart UK, the cholesterol charity, and a similar sized charity based in Maidenhead. And as it says on the tin, really all about cholesterol, not necessarily about the heart in general, but about the lipids. And I was head of external affairs at that charity for about six, seven years. And it, okay. it was a great time, really enjoyed it. But an opportunity came up here at uh, Anaphylaxis UK that I couldn't really say no to. Um, it's a great charity to work for, as well as uh, working with Heart UK. It was a difficult, very difficult decision to make at the time. But Yeah, and no, I can imagine. So I know we're going to dive into it in much more detail in terms of exactly what Anaphylaxis UK does. But can you give us a headline overview? Certainly, we're here to support individuals and their families who have serious allergies, either with information, with training, with additional support, such as our helpline, but also to to help every touch point in their lives be better. So whether that's going to school, we provide training for schools through our AllergyWise program, whether they're at work with as an employee or indeed as an employer. And also working with the food industry, the whole hospitality industry. So for example, when somebody goes to a restaurant, as I keep going on about is that with them, is that you should be positively welcoming people with an allergy, with a serious allergy and the person themselves and their family needs to be confident that they're doing the right thing because we've helped them with not just the front of house. So where somebody is greeted, but also the procedures the supply chain, and again, working with all those food manufacturers and the suppliers. So as many touch points in somebody's lives, we want to have a positive influence on and be able to support their processes, their policies, their guidance, so that nothing serious happens. Yeah, that's fantastic. It sounds like you have an incredibly wide reach um, because you're involved in so many different aspects, and we'll go into those in a little bit more detail. But we just take a step back. Before we started recording this podcast, I was talking about my nephew who has multiple allergies. And it's not just my nephew that I hear has allergies. I hear so many other children, when I'm having conversations with my friends, they say that their children have got allergies. So why do you think that allergies in general anyway are on the rise? It's difficult to say, and I don't think there's any conclusive scientific conclusions to why that is the case, but certainly you're you're right. It does seem as though there are far more people with allergies, certainly younger people, children with milk allergies, more milk allergies than there were before, peanut allergies and so on. 
And it just makes it even more important that schools for children have got procedures in place and an awareness of making sure that they're doing the right thing for all of the pupils, but in particular, the child with or children with serious allergies and keeping them safe. So I can't give you a particular answer of why there are more allergies because the jury's still out. We don't know. But we know that it is something that is on the increase. But we know certainly there are more people with allergies, not just children, but also obviously adults who have had allergies. You can't grow out of an allergy, but certainly it's a growing concern. Okay. And how long has Anaphylaxis UK been around? And I guess the second question to that is, was it born because it was perceived that there was a gap in the supporting of patients or parents or carers and health professionals? Yes, the charity was set up 30, over 30 years ago by David Redding after his daughter unfortunately died. And he wanted to set up a charity in her memory to make sure it didn't happen again to anybody else. Work with businesses, but also sorts with schools and, and public sector bodies and so on, but also to make sure that individuals and their families had enough information about our serious allergies. So we've evolved clearly. It was anaphylaxis campaign at the time until middle of last year, we had the mm. name change, anaphylaxis UK. Okay, no, that's fantastic. So in terms of your reach, how many patients or healthcare professionals actually access your services? Do you have those numbers for us? Oh, in the tens of thousands. Last year, uh, we rechanged the way we did allergy-wise for schools, for example. And over 35,000 teachers and school staff have undertaken our training. Now, I say it's training, it's more of an education because we just, we don't just do an online training course. We also offer classroom pl class, class plans, assembly mm. plans, uh, handouts and resources for the pupils. So it's not just the teacher doing a, a course. It's appreciating that there are the importance of many people, many staff in that school doing the training, not just relying on the first aid of perhaps the head teacher. It's all of the staff, because if that individual that's trained is not available on that day or is the other side of the playing ground, then that causes an issue. So training more people has been very encouraging. So we've had hundreds of schools taking part in this, thousands of tens of thousands of teachers, and we're about to go onto a different sort of platform. So it looks even better, which is very exciting, a bit nerve wracking, mm. I must say, but many of the, the allergy clinics. And we're also encouraging GP clinics as well to access our information and distributing materials with things like QR codes. So again, they can show patients the QR code and comes up on their phone. No, that now, sounds brilliant. In, in my view, if you have an EpiPen or a Jex or an, a, a, an adrenaline auto injector, then you should be given a prescription for us as well. Okay. So if I was a parent and wanting to access information, where would I even begin? Would I be able to just Google and find something online or am I phoning? Am I getting this information from a search or from my GP? Where, how do I, how do you get people signposted to all the amazing resources that you have? Online? I'm hoping that it, it, all of the above. I'm hoping as well that our search engine work has done, it's making the new website easier to access. But certainly all of the information is online. We've got very in-depth fact sheets on, on, on serious allergies. 
All of those fact sheets are credited. So they go through a very rigorous procedure of clinical reviews. They have uh, uh, clinicians checking them. And then we also have lay members, that means and ordinary members of the public as well, looking mm. through. And then we have a kind of a, a fact check on, on when it goes online, because I'm sure as a, an effective communicator yourself, you know that very often a written form on a piece of paper is not always the same as it ought to look on, on a web page. So it's also designing that web page in a way that is accessible. But what's also very exciting and we have plans to, which we've started now, is that every fact sheet will either have a video or an audio supporting the information on there as well. So you can read the information page, you can download the fact sheet to read, you'll be able to access a video and an audio. And that's all on our website. Also oh, got a channel that I'm interviewing uh, various experts on topics ranging from immunotherapy to how to use a, a, an adrenaline injector to what, what sort of questions would you ask a GP for the first time. And then also on, on Facebook, developing a, a very nice community on Facebook as well to just give people that extra opportunity to be able to access information. Not everybody has got a computer, but most yeah. people got a smartphone. So again, it's recognizing different ways of being able to access that information, but predominantly online. Yeah. It sounds super comprehensive, which is fantastic. Do you also have information around supporting perhaps some of the psychological aspects? So for example, I can imagine lots of parents and carers being very anxious when they realize that their child has not just one, but perhaps multiple allergies. What is Anaphylaxis UK doing to support the mental aspect? Huge issue. And it's really struck me since taking on this role as chief exec, that's the main thing is how anxious people become mm. either with the allergy or a parent in particular of a child with an allergy. And to me, that's not right. It's not right that you are fearful every single day that something might happen to your child when they get to school. So yeah. that stops people from going out into restaurants and doing Things that we might take for granted and doing mm. all of the things like holidays, sleepovers, Christmas parties, to be able to have such anxiety and stress for very understandable reasons has struck me quite profoundly and really has instilled that passion in me to make things even better, I think, at the charity. And it's very much something that I'm looking to develop currently to how we can support people overcome and be able to manage that anxiety um, so that they can go about their everyday lives with more confidence. But supporting that is to make sure, as I said previously, by working with the likes of major restaurant chains, they themselves have got procedures in place. And actually, when you go into a restaurant, you're greeted positively. You're not, yeah. you don't have, you're not put on the spot and grilled about something that is very personal that people can often feel quite embarrassed about, particularly young adults, teenagers, when they're going out with their mates, they don't want to be singled out and yeah. to almost feel as though they're being picked on. So it's been able to talk to somebody in a way that what the rest of us would be, would just assume is the way that we would be greeting. Exactly. Probably in a restaurant. Normally. So yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, anxiety is a major issue and something that I'm, urgently trying to address and hopefully over the next few months we'll have something exciting to talk about. Great. 
And we're going to talk about passion projects in a bit. But what I just want to do now is zoom in a little bit. So if I was a pediatric healthcare professional and I'm wanting to know more information about what Anaphylaxis UK actually offer, can you tell me what resources are actually available for me and the different levels of these resources and how I could access them? Certainly. Ideally, we would be the source of information that you would share with your patients. You can sign up on our website to the Healthcare Professional Newsletter. And in that newsletter, we've summarized all of the papers in various clinical journals that might be useful Great. so that you don't need to trawl through them all. And we have also access to some of the kind of stories that might be helpful in, in your knowledge about what research is in the pipeline and other innovations that are, are, are going on. But it's again through the website that there is a healthcare professional section to the website mm -hmm. developing that might go into some of the topics in a bit more depth and have some of those long words with complicated ways of looking may not be so relevant if that's the right word for the general public, but I certainly don't demarcate. There's no, there's no firewall. In my view, if somebody, a member of the public wants to know something in in great detail and wants to access medical journals and those sorts of that level of detail, let them have it, let them yeah. have it, you know, so sign up to the newsletter, access the healthcare professional. And how often is that newsletter, Simon? Is Every it monthly? Month. Okay. Every month. Just... And it's free. Great. Obviously, but I can do and all the rest of it, but. Yeah. So that newsletter is one. What are the other resources I could access? Again, it's the helpline. So contact in this. Ideally by email, because they do get overwhelmed rather on the telephones, but just drop us a note. If there's something that you need to ask, we may not be able, we can't give medical advice. We can't give that kind of clinical depth, but we might be able to put people in touch with each other. So yeah. for a clinical and scientific panel, for example, we've got a, a huge number of experts now that the ones that, that, that really know things. So if somebody can't access or doesn't have access themselves, in their own workplace, just drop us a note and then we can put them in contact with another health profession that I'm sure will be happy to share that advice. Yeah. No, and also that the fact that you've got so many wonderful fact sheets that have, as you say, have been reviewed is, I know as a health professional, something that I would tap into a lot as well. When I was looking at the website earlier, I saw that there was something about allergy alerts. What's that? So unfortunately, sometimes things do go wrong and there might be a cross-contamination within a factory setting when a particular food is being made, let's say a sandwich or pre-pub biscuits okay. or whatever it may well be. So we will be alerted by that manufacturer yeah. or the retailer. So it might be a supermarket that says to us, actually, we've got a product here and it's got an allergen in it, it might have peanuts in it and it shouldn't have it in. Okay. or it might not be labeled. We will then put an alert out through social media that it's access accessible to anybody. But also we have a, a program where individuals themselves can sign up and get an alert, uh, email straight to them that is relevant particularly to that allergen. So we list up all, all, all of the allergens. If you're allergic to peanuts, let's say you can just tick the peanut box and you will get product alerts allergy alerts when there is a uh, product recall that is a, that would affect you because there's peanuts in it. You're welcome to receive all of them, but many people would rather have one 
an alert come through that is specific to them? No, as a dietitian, that's super useful because sometimes I get involved in doing school menus, for example, so that would be good to know that. And again, that's free. That's free as well. Signs up to the newsletter, we are a popular newsletter as well for the public as opposed to as well as the healthcare professionals. And in, the, in, in that newsletter, all that newsletter is an opportunity. People sign up to the uh, allergy alerts that they can also receive that again for free. Yeah. Then the other thing is if I wanted to upskill myself in terms of training, what allergy-wise training is available? I'd suggest, and I know I've said this more than once on this interview, is the school's training. Now, we are developing other courses as part of that allergy-wise program. So I want to extend it to restaurants. I want to extend it to the workplace. I want to extend it into nurseries and preschool settings as well. Now, healthcare professionals, I think, have got their own particular professional bodies that we will work with such as the BSACI and some other world colleges. But what we put across is the individual's experience. It's actually living a life with an allergy and what it, the impact that it has on people. And I think that is, is particularly helpful for mm. those that might not necessarily come across people with an allergy so often that they, they just don't appreciate so much or realize level of anxiety as we, we spoke about a moment ago. Yeah, no. And so that training, how long is it? And is it online or is it in person? It's it's all online. The teacher training, the schools, the whole school approach that we've adopted with the allergy advice for school takes about an hour, but it's also those other resources that are particularly helpful. I want to try and develop the courses for the other professions and other sectors that are, it's just, it's practical. Yeah. It's practical. It's every day. Um, it's as interactive as we possibly can make it, as many videos and downloads as, as we possibly can provide, but also appreciated people's time is precious and keeping them as short and sharp as we possibly can. Now we move into a new platform very soon and it'll be even better that just gives us opportunities to be able to provide more. So at the moment, the main spotlight is upon schools. Okay. No, that's fantastic. If we just pivot the conversation a little bit, Simon, to talk about cow's milk allergy, you might just say that the answers to these questions that I've got are very similar to what you've already said. But I'm assuming, obviously, Anaphylaxis UK supports those with cow's milk allergies. What specific resources do you have for healthcare professionals in cow's milk allergy and also for parents and carers? Again, it's the online resources. So take a look at the fact sheets. So that we have 50 fact sheets to download, but they are supported again by that, that uh, the, the web pages, but there might be slightly different fact sheets going into a little bit more detail, but you can print them off as a PDF. That really is the main source that it's, mm. there's a lot of information. There's a lot of information online on our website. Yes. And from my conversations with other guests on this podcast, I know that the prevalence of calvinal allergy is also on the rise. So do you get a lot of patients or healthcare professionals specifically accessing this sheet? We do. And there's a great appetite for knowledge and to learn more, but also to question why. And we, I'm afraid we don't always have the answers to why their child is, has developed a milk allergy or indeed any other allergy. But there are certainly a lot more children developing milk allergies and as we spoke about earlier in the interview you know being able to provide that information 
by video as a video or as an audio or indeed both. And perhaps you and I might be able to do a podcast specifically on cow's milk allergy that goes yeah. kind of a bite size that complements those other videos that we have on our YouTube channel. Sounds good. And then we talked a little bit about passion projects, and I would love you to tell me a little bit more about some passion projects that you've got on the go. We know the mental health anxiety aspect is one. What others do you have up your sleeve? I mean, we've recently set up a business forum, which is very exciting. And that brings in every single brand you can possibly think of on the high street. That wow. is a strong chain of retailer. So no matter where you go shopping for your food, no matter where perhaps you might go, which are the big chains, we've now developed this business forum and I've got them all around the table and we're talking about how we can all improve things together. How can we develop common standards that are better than what we've currently got? How can we improve the communication that's front of house staff? So that might be somebody that greets the person the customer coming into the restaurant? How can mm. we improve the communication on menus? How can we can re improve the way that people are spoken to? We're also in parallel to that one. I'm also talking to many of the very big suppliers. Their names may not be household names, but you mm. know, they provide, they make the sandwiches for the supermarkets. They make the ready-made meals. They make all of the products. And again, it's to have an appreciation of what issues they face when there is a supply chain crisis. So if something isn't made, it isn't, is no longer available or the prices these days are going sky high on various ingredients. If they do have to have alternatives, how do they replace that so that the product that itself can be made, but also taste the same and do the things that they need to do is how can we again work together to make sure that there are higher standards than they currently are, or at the least encourage everyone to come up to a gold standard that, that makes the customer who then ultimately eats that product safer. We mm. talked about a short while ago about product allergy alerts. Yes, things go wrong, but sometimes they go wrong and something very serious happens. Fatal. Yeah. And I want to stop that. And if we can work together, I think we can. I think we can improve the way that products are manufactured. I think we can improve the way that they are delivered and, and made in restaurants. And I think that we can improve upon the way that people are talked to. Yeah. Many places do it brilliantly. And I think what we need to do is learn from them. How do they do it? And also learn from the mistakes that have been made. The airline industry, when things go wrong, there's a no blame culture. We earn through the mistakes, even though sometimes that they are horrendous mistakes. Let's learn from that. Let's learn from it collectively and adopt a kind of no blame culture. So the business forum is something that we've started to encourage that approach of raising the standards. So ultimately going back to the original point in the conversation, people feel safe in their everyday yeah. lives. No. So, have confidence that they can go out and they can eat and they can go to restaurants with their friends and that there is a, we can overcome that anxiety that many people have because at the moment they don't feel safe. They don't feel confident that they can do that. Yeah. So it's about living normal lives, as you said before. 
which is important. It's people with an allergy shouldn't live in life that's any different to people without an allergy. Yeah. No, brilliant. If we look at the future then of allergy management and Anaphylaxis UK, I think what I'm hearing is the importance of a coordinated approach is really fundamental to being able to manage allergies. Is there anything else you think in, that's important to talk about in terms of the future of where Anaphylaxis UK is going and what we need to do to make sure we're optimizing this environment and we're optimizing the care of people with allergies? Well, perhaps just to add and something that I'm a culture I'm trying to adopt is just removing those barriers between very often we, we have said about the healthcare professional web pages on our website. There's no barrier to access that. There's no, there's no reason why a member of the public can access those. We don't talk about products so there's no kind of legal thing, which is sometimes a challenge when talking about medication, but in, in general, in this in general terms. It is straightforward. So I want to try and remove those barriers, mm. very often artificial, that prevents people from accessing information in greater depth if they want to. And that includes businesses, because it's important for businesses as well to know what is the latest research? What is there? What innovative products and treatments are there in the pipeline? What's going to come out soon? And also mm. uh, healthcare professionals also know things that is important to business, like labeling. It's very important education for a healthcare professional to advise on what to look out for on, on food labeling. Now, if we have a barrier between business and healthcare professionals, then very often a GP may not know in the detail of, of the importance of having, of highlighting various allergens or any changes to the legislation. So. Removing those barriers, and as you quite rightly say, I'm all for this togetherness. It might sound a bit corny, but I do genuinely think that we can create something better by working together rather than sometimes siloing each kind of sector, depending on where you work. So working together on that business forum and sharing ideas or developing resources that we've got on our website with healthcare professionals, but also with the public and being able to communicate things in an everyday way and looking at different mediums to communicate that, such as the video, YouTube, Facebooks, you know, all of the, all of the ways that people access information, of whether they're buying a holiday, going on, buying a car or getting a mobile phone, yeah. make it any different. Yeah. Just from this conversation, I must just say something, it sounds like Anaphylaxis UK are doing a fantastic job. And I'm convinced after, the, after this recording, I'm going to go up and sign up for a newsletter and book myself awesome. into some of the training. And unfortunately, we've come to the end of that this conversation great. and we must wrap up. And at the end of each podcast, I ask our guests to give us their key takeaways. So what would your main messages be for healthcare professionals to improve their practice when they're looking after patients with allergies? I, I'm sure there, are, that there, there will be great people out there doing great things, but I think very often it might be just to pause and listen to some of these concerns that is mm -hmm. very often unique to them and very personal to them. And I can't overemphasize the importance of appreciating the anxiety and the impact that it has on somebody's everyday life, that they can't do the things that we take for granted about not have set, having sleepovers as a child, birthday parties. Uh, and also things like bullying in schools and being and singled out when you go to restaurants, 
it is very challenging. It is very difficult. It is, does impact on somebody's life quite profoundly. But the charity Anaphylaxis UK, we're here to make things better. And I genuinely believe that there is a brighter future ahead uh, if we can work together and still that optimism that can do things better, do things differently. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Simon. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside Medical Nutrition. If you enjoyed the podcast and found the content useful, please share it with your colleagues and consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. For more information on this topic or to share your feedback, please visit the Nestle Health Science M Plus Hub or click on the link in the show notes.